Matthew chapter 12 verses 43 to 45 reads, When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came, and when it comes it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also will it be with this evil generation. Luke chapter 8 verse 2 reads, And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Mark chapter 3 verse 11, And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 4, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. Brothers and sisters in Christ, demons are real. Make no mistake, heaven is a real place. Hell is a real place. They are not metaphors, they are locations. They are destinations. We are all headed to one or the other. God is real. He is the ultimate reality. The devil, aka Satan, once known as Lucifer, is real. Satan and his demons are not allegories, symbolisms, metaphors, about the embodiment of evil. No, they are personas. They are individuals. They are real. They are fallen angels. Evil is in all that they do. And they are cowards, and they are powerless when confronted by a believer with the name of Jesus. They are only as frightening as you are fearful, but if you invoke the name of Christ Jesus, you will be safe. They are only as strong as we are weak. Be strong in faith, faithful to God, in your walk, and courageous in the glory and power of our Almighty God, and you shall have nothing to fear. But not to believe evil or to turn a blind eye to it is to be caught off guard. This is JC and me. I'm Pastor Joseph Clark. Father Malachi Martin is quoted as saying, Spirit is everywhere. Flesh and matter is only our picture of what's there, and it's not all good. There's evil and good hidden in that picture. After an exorcism, you always know, if you didn't know it before. You are now walking with double vision, a second sight, as the old people used to say. Carl Payne wrote, Demons do not respect or fear Christians involved in deliverance ministries. They fear Christ, who lives in all true believers, and they respond to the authority he has delegated to his ambassadors. Our authority is higher than the demonic authority because our master is greater than their master. Demons are the agents of Satan. Like Satan, they are fallen angels. The same fallen angels that followed him on his revolt against God. 
As a result, demons are the lowest, most depraved form of creation, purely evil. They are used by Satan in his spiritual warfare against God. Their mission is, although already defeated by Christ, to go out in a hail of fire and attack God's kingdom in any way that they can. They know of only one function and purpose, and that is it. Satan's attacks seem to be everything from subtle, strategic, and clever to blunt, random, and obvious. A high-level strategic demonic attack would be in the form of distracting those who would be assets to the kingdom of God, for example, corrupting Christian doctrine, and influencing churches which proclaim to be of Christ, but in reality send their followers on a gradual doctrine that in fact leads them away from Christ's saving grace, to rely on themselves and deeds to be saved. Deeds that benefit the church itself, usually financially. Another clever example is through cults, fads, phenomena, and gurus that once again distract or direct people away from Jesus' salvation and lead them through a course of degrees and levels in order to be saved. Matthew chapter 24 verse 3 to 8 reads, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, and there shall be famines, and pestilence, and earthquakes, in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 3 to 4 reads, And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. <clears throat> Pardon me. 1 John chapter 4 verse 1. Beloved, do not beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. Inevitably, these so-called denominations and cults always end up revealing their demonic influence as they tend to either end up with prophecies which do not come true, end up in criminal charges, or sadly, in some cases tragically, ritualistic suicide, murder, and other conflict. Another example of how demons attack the kingdom of God is through vice, weakness of the flesh, human frailty. This is found in the form of addiction and compulsion, such as pornography, gambling, drugs and alcohol addiction and, and abuse, sexual abomination. Demonic activity is rampant on the internet and it attacks young minds. All of this is consistent with the decline of morality and the disease of sin, prophesied in Revelation and by Jesus himself. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 5. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. Matthew chapter 24 verses 4 to 8 says, And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. 
For nation will rise up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Revelation chapter 13 verses 1 to 18 says, And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his power, and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast, and they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth, utterly haughty and blasphemous words. And it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. Demonic activity frequently takes place in the form of possession, oppression, obsession, and harassment. A saved Christian, someone of strong faith in Christ, cannot be possessed. Possession seems random and attacks those who are not yet born again. Although it could be that the possession is being used to engage a believer, for example, deliverance minister, members of the fellowship, in the activity of deliverance in order to harass them or busy them away from something else. Demons frequently oppress and harass believers and target ministers quite often. Examples of demonic oppression are a heavy, tired, depressed, or angry feeling that taxes one in their duties and relationships and other feelings or states of gloom and not feeling right or not feeling like yourself. Demonic harassment always consists of attacks where we are weak. If our weakness is sex, we are attacked there. If our weakness is compulsive spending or gambling or addictive behavior or temperament, etc., we are attacked in those weaknesses. And indulging in these weaknesses can also put a target on our back for demonic harassment. If we have, through the grace of God, been delivered from a weakness previously, and then we indulge in it again, we can invite the demons back into our situation stronger than ever before. When the unclean spirit has gone out, uh, Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 to 45, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also will it be with this evil generation. Demons are cowards. 
They really are. They're little dogs nipping at the heels of those who have received Christ. They cannot resist being bound or vacated from someone or their home. Yes, homes can be possessed or oppressed. If the authority of the name of Jesus is invoked by a believer, demons can only leave a situation by one of three ways. Number one, leave of their own choice or their own free will or for their own reasons. Number two, that they are bound and commanded to leave through deliverance ministry by invoking the name of Christ Jesus. Or number three, bound and commanded to leave through the rite of Catholic exorcism. Demons are mentioned in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 17, Psalms 106 verse 37, Leviticus chapter 17 verse 7, Second Chronicles chapter 11 verse 15, Isaiah chapter 13 verse 21, and Isaiah chapter 34 verse 14. In these cases, the reference is to demons as devils, as they were referred to in those times. In the New Testament, Jesus is a prolific exorcist. However, let us be careful with this wording. Jesus effortlessly exorcised demons by way of his own authority. He did not conduct a ritual of exorcism. What the Bible coins exorcism is more akin to deliverance ministry. He rebuked and ordered or commanded the demons away by his authority. Here's one example of Christ exorcising a demon. It's from Matthew chapter 8, verse 28 to 33. And he having come to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, two men being demon-possessed met him coming out of the tombs. They were very violent, so that no one was strong enough to pass through that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What do we have to do with you, Son of God? Did you come here to torment us before the time? Now there was a herd of many pigs feeding far away from them, and the demons were begging him, saying, If you are casting us out, send us out into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. And the ones having come out went into the pigs, and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and died in the waters. And the ones feeding them fled, and having gone into the city, they reported everything, <clears throat> even the things about the ones being demon-possessed. Mark chapter 1 verses 21 to 28. And they proceed into Capernaum, and immediately, having entered into the synagogue on the Sabbath, he was teaching, and they were astounded at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. And immediately there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What do we have to do with you, Jesus from Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know you. You are the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silenced, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, having convulsed him and called out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all astonished, so that they were discussing with themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching based on authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And the report about him immediately went out everywhere into the whole surrounding region of Galilee. 
Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, Mary Magdalene is also referenced in the New Testament as having once been demonically possessed. Soon afterward, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others, who provided for them out of their means. These are just a few of several exorcisms that Jesus conducts during his ministry. Note how the demons in these cases verbally recognize Jesus' divinity. The biblical references to exorcism are best defined as the expulsion of an evil spirit from a person. The word exorcism originated from Greek and means binding by an oath. In modern day, the word exorcism refers to the Catholic ritual of exorcism. Deliverance ministry is best defined using the old biblical definition of exorcism with some additions. The expulsion of an evil spirit from possessing, oppressing, or harassing a person or place by invoking the name and authority of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit tells us in the Word about demons. James chapter 2 verse 19. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Matthew chapter 10 verse 1. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Psalm 106 verse 37. They sacrificed their sons and daughters to the demons. Luke chapter 10 verse 17. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. I was trained in deliverance ministry when in seminary. I took additional training and devoted much time to viewing instructional video and reading about deliverance ministry. However, nothing, nothing can prepare you until you are in the presence of an unclean spirit. Only then will you know if you are called to deliverance ministry or not. When you are in the presence of the demonic, it is an unearthly feeling, a smell, a taste, revolting and unsettling, a tingling in which your skin crawls from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. If you have ever been in a situation in your life where you thought you were going to die, that terrifying fight or flee desperate feeling is just a small sample of what one feels continually well in the presence of an unclean spirit. My first experience was a deliverance on an apartment. It went very smoothly and there were no dramatics. My second experience, however, that was completely dramatic by contrast. God and his angels are spirit. Demons too are spirit, but they are lowly and they rely on parlor tricks at times to cause shock and awe. They come down to our human level to scare us. My second experience was when I came face to face with a lady whom another minister had asked me to meet. He suspected that she was possessed. If one is possessed, they are not simply feeling the ill effects of the oppression. The unclean spirit puppets the individual and says and does things through them. 
In the case of this lady, within minutes, I knew that the demonic was manipulating her. Firstly, there is an oppressing feeling as though you're being buried alive. I was suffocating. I wanted to dive out of the first window I could find to get away from its presence. My body tingled, as I described, from the top of my head to the tips of my toes. A sickly fight-or-flee feeling takes over your stomach. I began to perspire and my pulse quickened. She, or, or rather it, proceeded to tell me very personable things to me about myself that nobody else knew. Embarrassing things. It knew my middle name. Without me introducing myself, it attempted to discourage me and dent my confidence. It called me out as a minister of Jesus Christ before anybody around had told her or it that I was a minister. You are not a holy man. You are no priest. You are no minister. Take your little comic book and go home. The comic book she was referring to was the Holy Bible. This sweet old lady's speech was peppered with disgusting, violent, and sexual references, threatening to murder my soul. In a voice which was not this lady's voice, it said to me, well, I'm not going to repeat it. It was too perverse. When I looked directly into this silver-haired lady's face, it was not a woman whom I was seeing, but a man. The eyes cut right through me. It made phrases such as, I will kill your soul. I will murder your soul. I left that day, and I scheduled another day to meet with this lady with another minister to do a deliverance. I fasted and prayed in preparation of the day that I met with her again. I confessed and witnessed to my colleague pastor, and we anointed ourselves with holy oil and holy water. I asked many people to be our prayer warriors through Facebook and through email and text. I told them what time of day I would be performing the deliverance in the name of the lady who I was performing the deliverance with. This time, when we went, my fear was non-existent. I was full of the Holy Spirit. I felt the Holy Spirit was with us, and we were armed and protected by God. We bound the unclean spirit and performed a deliverance. By the authority, name, and blood of Jesus Christ, I command you, unclean spirit of perversity, to leave name immediately without causing her or her family any harm, never to return. And I send you in the name of Jesus Christ to Christ Jesus for him to dispose of you as he wishes. After going through the deliverance prayer and reading scripture, the lady shouted out in her sweet voice, Praise Jesus! And then in a demonic voice, the demon said, Fine, I'm going. And then she passed out and slumped over, sleeping in her chair. The unclean spirit had left her. Praise God! She awoke peacefully a few minutes later, quoting scripture and praying to Jesus. On another occasion, I was speaking to a 70-year-old woman on the telephone about her 31-year-old autistic son who was demonstrating possible demonic possession. He was downstairs in their house in an entirely different room and floor. As I spoke to her on the phone, and by the way, he had no idea who I was or that she was even speaking to me, during the call, I prayed a deliverance prayer just with her. There was no way that her son could possibly even hear what we were saying to each other. And she, and once again, he didn't even know she was on the phone with a minister. 
when I reached the point in the deliverance prayer where I commanded the demon to leave, her son, in the name of Jesus, her son whose conversation interaction was limited to yes, no, or repeating things back to you that you said to him, suddenly could be heard in the house screaming at the top of his lungs, Joseph, stop! Pastor Joseph, did you hear that? She asked me frantically. I finished the deliverance prayer and I said, yes, I did. Within the week, another pastor colleague and I went to their home. By the authority of Jesus and the glory of the Holy Spirit, we blessed the house, baptized each member of the family, anointing them with water and oil, and then we bound the unclean spirit from making any disruption or interference, and we conducted the deliverance without any further drama. An incredibly effective form of resistance to demonic harassment is to do a personal spiritual inventory and bondage breaking. This is led by a minister, but you do the actual deliverance and breaking of demonic ties yourself through oaths and prayers in Jesus' name. How do we avoid the demonic? Be strong in your faith and faithful in your walk with God. When in doubt, if you feel that you are oppressed or harassed, feeling tempted to do something naughty or you're justifying it in your head, chances are the lies are being fed to you for a reason. Pray in Jesus' name for protection and for heaven's sake, literally, avoid gate openers. What are the gate openers, you ask, to unclean spirits that put a target on your back or places you on their radar? Number one, the worst of all, is abortion. Number two, satanic worship, curses, various ghost hunting activities. Number three, participation in the occult, especially Ouija boards and tarot cards. Number four, pornography. Number five, sexual deviance and sexual abomination, and more. However, one can be targeted by unclean spirits if they are deemed as a threat by being an asset to the kingdom of God. The three days leading up to my ordination as a minister, I called a friend of mine who is a Pentecostal pastor, and I told him that I was feeling a terrible oppression. He informed me that this was perfectly normal, and more often than not, leading up to ordination, most ministry candidates are oppressed or harassed. In closing, I wish to emphasize that despite all of this, we need not fear. Be strong in your faith, refer to the word daily, and pray in Jesus' name, and you will put on the full armor of God, as Paul wrote about in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet 
fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And in Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And lastly, in James chapter 4, verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, I pray for protection for any listening to this podcast and for myself as the host from any unclean spirits. I pray in the blessed name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us for JC and me. I wish you a terrific week. God bless you. I'm Pastor Joseph Clark.